Okay, let's Okay, let's get something clear. Whose book is the best again? Personally, I think my book is the best. No, 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 no. I definitely no, think mine is better than yours. Excuse me, mine is better than both of yours combined. We all know I, that. I read your book and I hated it. You I, read I, my I book? I don't really like your book. Talk about the climax is so poor. I read like the first three words and I didn't like it, so. Oh, um, really? What do you mean? I looked at the cover and I said it was boring. Right, right. Okay, okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone, let's just take a breather and then let's just talk about our books. And then how about this? We'll let the artists decide on which book they think is the best. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast, Cultural Blend. My name is Isha, and I'm representing Motorcycles and Sweetgrass. I'm Becca, and I'm representing Son of a Trickster. I'm a Moog, I'm representing Birdie. I'm Tanvir, and the book I read is The Break. And today, we'll be talking about which of these books are the best at understanding Indigenous peoples. Okay, so now let's do quick introductions of everyone's books so you guys at home kind of get a, a better understanding about what each book is about. Motorcycles and Sweetgrass. Honestly, the title is the perfect symbol and justification for pretty much the entire story. But since we need a more official summary, I guess I'll give you that. The novel is situated on a reserve in Otter Lake and is based on the story of Lillian, who attends a residential school. Now, Lillian isn't essentially in the story, but she is a big part of it. The story revolves around Maggie, who is now the chief after her husband, after her late husband, who was the chief, passed away, is, is taking her role as chief, how well she's handling it. Now, before Lillian passes away, she calls um, a stranger into Otter Lake because she believes that magic is what everyone needs. However, who rolls into town is just so happens to be the incredibly handsome, mysterious white motorcyclist named John. And Maggie falls in love with John and Virgil, Maggie's son, absolutely does not like it. But the twist in the story just so happens to be that Lillian had known the seemingly young man several decades ago, and he just turns out to he just turns out to be the trickster from ancient indigenous stories named Nana Bush. Um, the break is basically a novel that focuses around the attack of a thirteen-year-old girl named Emily, and right from the start of the book, the police investigation by an officer named Tommy unveils more and more about the people responsible for the crime, and in each chapter of the book, there's like a lot of shifting point of views. So it kind of gives a better outlook to like the lives of four generations of Métis women related to Emily. And there's characters like Stella, Rain, and their great-grandmother, and so many more. And, you know, all throughout the book, they kind of show their own perspectives, and the author gives a lot of out outlooks to every character and their lives. Son of a Trickster is about an Indigenous boy named Jared. He is currently going through the intergenerational trauma of residential schools. His parents are divorced and, his, and they really, really hate each other. So he's part of like a broken family. And his mom is also very, very violent. Not towards him, but like in general, she's very violent. And he lives in a really poor area. And like, you know, there's drugs, there's like abuse, and there's like a lot of fighting and stuff. And his grandma really doesn't like him. Like she hates him. And he never really knows why. And that's pretty much basically what the whole novel is like centered around. 
Okay, so after those boring descriptions, uh, if you're looking to read a book on indigenous people, uh, Birdie is the perfect choice for you because Birdie is a book about a queen woman who has a dark secret in the past and is forced to keep those feelings within her. This is really a descriptive uh, and a sad book. I mean, I won't say a sad book, which has a funny twist to it. Um, uh, she left her home in Alberta looking for her parents uh, to uh, British Columbia. Um, she did not have a house to live in. She, but she was an extremely resistant woman and has to, uh, had to fight uh, for survival under extreme conditions. This also book, as I said, this book also has a funny twist to it and it makes it more interesting and intriguing. This is an excellent debut novel by Tracy Lindbergh. Okay, so now we're gonna get into uh, my favorite uh, part of the conversation, the debate, where we're gonna be discussing on how, uh, uh, how our uh, books prove indigenous people better than everybody else. Understanding indigenous peoples and their history isn't as simple as learning their culture. It's much harder to try to explain it to someone who would have absolutely no idea. But I think Drew Hayden Taylor, author of Motorcycles and Sweetgrass, did an excellent job of showing all aspects of life to be an indigenous person. But most importantly, and particularly, the book demonstrates the effect of residential schools through intergenerational trauma. I mean, you could see how residential school, attending the residential school, affected all of Otter Lake. For example, Lillian, she continues to be Anishinaabe and continues to follow Anishinaabe roots, but however, she continues to read the Bible. Sami Ande, a rebel stu student at his time at, uh, during attending residential school, became, now became a horrible drunk and never really outlived the memories. Dakota's family strongly, strongly encourages forgetting Anishinaabe roots. All of Otter Lake and mostly the family line of Lillian, they all have a different output and like you can see how it, it affected them, how it affected their um, way of life and how, how it affected on the, their, the Anishinaabe in them. The book, um, for example, there's this part in the book where uh, the, we talk about Lillian's son, Wayne. The, the daughters, like Lillian's daughters, say how um, L Wayne is his favorite. Wayne is Lillian's favorite because he speaks the most clear Anishinaabe, just like Lillian. And you can see, because of this, that Lillian um, and the family still believes in, um, is, you know, being teaching Anishinaabe and still believes in um, continuing, the continuing to be an indigenous person. The book also story. The story also shows how belief and love are what get you through life. Most importantly, I want to talk about the love for nature. Maggie, after as, after being chief, even though like even after um, trying to be after the attempted annihilation and whatever, after the newly bought land, after they bought newly bought land and like indigenous land, and no matter how many opinions and ideas people give her, she still wants to keep the land because it's sacred indigenous land. And this shows the, in, the Anishinaabe side of her and how land is important to her. Most importantly, um, I feel like it's, it, the the story it like I said it it like it demonstrates like most sides of like how you know trauma and all that but I feel like it also shows like m many aspects of indigenous peoples for example storytelling right the story is based on the trickster so Nana Bush right um and he's like he's a trickster from ancient stories um and so basically what the thing about him is that he's a teacher and that he's he's a mischief right and he he's 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 like 
you can learn a lot from him. And he, the story of him was told by Lillian, who is then t told to Wayne, to told to Maggie, which was told to Virgil, Maggie's son. And they all learn about the, these stories and the storytelling, and it continues. And I feel like this story, it also shows how indigenous people believe in, you know, and believe in life and how um, belief in magic is what, you know, what everybody needs. A little bit of magic, a little bit of belief in like these kind of things, you know, they, it kind of, it kind of gets you through like what life really is. And I think because of these aspects, what make this book really special. And I think that that's what makes it my book one of the best ways to understand indigenous peoples and their issues. And indigenous issues, not their issues. God, that sounded bad. Okay, so I feel like The Break is the best novel twist to understand indigenous people because in the novel, the author was able to like grasp almost all the topics and issues that you can see currently in indigenous communities. And she did it in a way so that you see all these events and all the trauma that the characters go through from the view of multiple indigenous women who are both alive and dead. So we saw different narratives every chapter. And these indig indigenous women are the, whose voices are often overlooked, but they are truly the ones who see and face violence and systematic racism firsthand, which the author kind of shows through the, throughout the entire novel. And a quote that I found from the book that I kind of want to talk about is, um, they didn't even treat her, just put her right back out in the street, didn't look, just thought she was another drunk and didn't care. My mom says under her breath she's talking about her sister now feeling her sister's loss and her granddaughter's pain at the same time so in this quote from lou's perspective her mom stella talks about her sister being refused service at the hospital um, despite being heavily injured and it, this kind of shows you know the systematic racism in in healthcare that kind of targets indigenous people and seeing that emotion that lou's mom has to deal with throughout that chapter and quote so like with her sister and her, and her granddaughter's pain which is emily um it kind of shows the burdens and impacts that you know generations of women face in these communities and in this novel these same women are the ones who continue to uphold strong relationships in their families which you know helps them overcome any hardships that they might experience and you know they have a lot of determination and courage throughout the book so the author kind of shows those two perspectives and, you know, efficiently amplifying Indigenous women's voices in literature really goes a long way in making differences in communities. And, you know, having that understanding of Indigenous people, especially the women who are at the forefront of many communities. And I feel like the break did a great job at explaining all of this. And the author really, you know, caught my attention. I feel like it would really catch your attention as well through, like, you know, the interesting plot and everything that they talk about throughout the novel. So my book, Son of a Trickster, it gives a really in-depth view of intergenerational trauma from residential schools, but it's from one person's perspective. I think it would be two generations down from the person who actually went to the residential school. Um, in this book, my ma the main character's name is Jared, and his grandma hates him and calls him a trickster. And he lives in a really poor and crappy neighborhood, and there's like a lot of violence, like as I mentioned before lots of drugs and like it's just really bad like the situation he's in and I think that this book really like it's all it all happened because of something that happened so long ago which shows really shows the impact of residential schools so I think it's really important to know I got lost um so my book Son of a Trickster, it gives an in-depth view of the intergenerational trauma from residential school. 
My book focuses on a 16-year-old boy named Jared. His grandma hates him and calls him a trickster, and he never really knows why. He lives in a really poor neighborhood with, like, as I mentioned before, lots of violence, drugs, and he's really just in a really bad situation. And he does drugs. Like, he does, he has a drug issue, and he, like, sells drugs, and he's only the age of 16. Now, these are all what he currently goes through as his grandmother went through residential schools as well. It impacted his grandma, his mother, and now him, which is, you know, intergenerational trauma. The author Eden Robinson does a really good job at showing the severe psychological impact of residential schools. These affected the three generations and they're gonna affect more. So they're essentially homeless in the beginning of the book. Now, how does this help us understand more about indigenous people? He wasn't the only indigenous pe person living in his area. His whole neighborhood was filled with just indigenous people and he wasn't the only one, meaning there's more of that crappy situation. They're not, he's not the only one in the crappy situation. This is one among many stories, but they all live in the same conditions, you know? Like every story, everyone's story is gonna be different, but they're all living in the same condition. This book is important because as we go more into depth into Jared's life, we get a better understanding of how the residential schools, even though they're gone now, they're all closed, they still have a serious impact to indigenous people these days. This, it psychologically ruined his grandmother. And there was a part in the text where his own mother texted him about her experience, where her mother, AKA his grandmother would pray every day and bathe her in detail, which, and she would always be cleaning because she'd think like indigenous people were dirty and stuff. And therefore that proves the severity of residential schools. So this book, uh, B Birdie, uh, is also based on intergenerational trauma, but I think this is a superior book because the author does an excellent job of explaining indigenous people as a whole, even though um, this book is based specifically on a queen woman. In this book, Tracy Lindbergh describes the stages of a life of an indigenous person, person and how each stage has different obstacles to endure. This book has the perfect example of a lifestyle of a woman who has a dark secret, and that secret you will find out when you read this book. She describes how this woman has to fight against extreme torture to fight for survival. She also has intergenerational trauma um, because of uh, past life and uh, because of past life. Um, There's a, uh, a really nice quote that explains the gist of this book. Um, that says, that goes like, when she was needful, when it felt safer, safer or not, and when she understood the need around her as hungry, but not desperate, she would let herself be seen by men. This quote says how resilient she was and how dedicated she was to reach her final destination. Uh, she was a homeless and dying of hunger, but did not lose hope and continued to the, to the destination. Uh, and this woman is one of the most mentally powerful people in the world. Go. Okay, so why do you guys think your book is better than to like understand indigenous people? This is hard. All you guys' books are good. Yeah, they they really are. But I think that like our books are similar, but like very different. Well, just like me, Amogen, Isha's, Tanvir, your book is very different. But yeah, and I feel like I don't know. I mean, from what I heard about your books, like they're kind of like kind of the same. So if 
if you guys at home wanted to read something more interesting that had like, you know, a lot of characters and a different storyline, then I would recommend reading The Break because I don't know, I feel like it's a better book in that sense. Okay, but I feel like if there's too many characters, it could get, it's not like confusing, but like it could get kind of like brief. Like my, my book has like only one main character and like his family. And it goes into depth. So if you want like a really serious depth, because like depth isn't like, yeah, like a lot of issues, like a lot of characters are good, but I don't know how deep you can go in with like the stories and stuff. It's true. Yeah. Here's the thing though. I think that's the thing about my book. It's it's just like, it sees like so many different perspectives and you can just, because like after everything happens at residential school and whatnot, you can really see how like people change and how it's different. Like how, for example, the Anishinaabe community, half of them don't even know like full Anishinaabe except for William's son, right? Like I feel like it, like the, the fact that there are more people, you can see like different, you know, how like, li how life is different to, for everyone else, like, like through generations. Yeah. yeah, and I will admit like, having a lot of characters, it can be difficult, but like in the start, if you kind of get an understanding of how they're all related, since like everyone in my book is like, they're all one family and like they kind of have a family tree in the beginning. So like once you understand that, like it's really interesting to see everyone's perspectives and especially when they're like, you know, they're the same event in different point of views. Yeah, same, same, like I'm like just a family, you know, of how like everyone's different, like the whole chief and everything. It's just, I like how they show it, you know, like the, like my book, it also shows how important land is. So Maggie, the chief, right? But she becomes a chief after her husband dies. And she takes, they bought like newly, like it was newly, they're trying to decide what to do with like newly bought land. And um, that she, the, the author really shows like how important the land is. Like she says that she doesn't want to do anything with it. Even though people have like so many ideas, she's just like, just take it land. I don't want to do anything with it because it's indigenous land. And it shows like how important like uh, environment is to the Anishinaabe community. Yeah, even in my book, uh, there's a lot about um, characters, but I think uh, not only characters matter in this, it's just how the story is written. My book is like a narrative story that talks about indigenous life and women in general. Uh, so this is also a really uh, hearted story. It is a dark story, but um, it is also, it has a funny twist, as I mentioned before as well. So I think uh, this is also pretty good and uh, good to read. Very nice to read. The thing is, like, a bunch of characters and a bunch of per perspectives is, like, could be a good thing, but, like, how would the plot line, like, continue with that? Like, that's, actually, that's the beauty of my book. It's, like, it's different. You can see from every person's, uh, like, perspective, right? So you can see, like, how, for example, let's say something happens. Um, for example, like, John, right? He was, like, dancing under the moon. So he's the white motorcyclist. And he was dancing, like, like he would only dance when the moon would come out. And but as soon as the moon leaves, he stops dancing. And Virgil catches him. He sees him doing that, right? And so we see the we see the situation. We see the scene from Virgil's perspective and how he feels about it. But then the next scene, you see how Dakota sees it, even though she's not one of the main characters, right? And it, it, you know, it just it's 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 cool, like learning to like you can. It's almost like I love how the author did it. Like you can see how how everyone perceives it, the situation differently. Yeah, yeah, my book is like pretty similar. Like when like Emily got attacked in the beginning, um, you first see the perspective of her, and then you see it from her attacker. And for me, like obviously, if I'm learning that a yeah, you know a young thirteen year old Métis woman got attacked, obviously I would be like, oh, you know, the attacker should go to jail right away. They're such a terrible person and everything. 
but then like once seeing like phoenix phoenix was the one who attacked her and like seeing phoenix's perspective kind of made me empathize with her a little bit because of her childhood and everything she goes through like she's homeless her mom is like you know a drug addict and she doesn't take care of her or anything and then you know it feels like you kind of get empathy for other characters that you might not expect but then you also see it from you know other characters point of views like her mom and everything so it kind of gives like an like the storyline kind of like goes from there which i feel like is a great thing that they authored in my book yeah the, the, but the thing in my book is that like my book does the exact same thing except they they still tell it from one person's point of view like it like for me it's like the main character jared his mom was like is also quite like a drug addict and like but it also shows that like in the book it also shows how much she like loves him and stuff and how much she's willing to do like she's willing to cross boundaries for him she's willing to break the law she's willing to kill for him she died for him so it shows yeah, that like not only that it's like like they're like not all parents are like that or like bad she's she's not like the best parent like she's very aggressive and stuff but she like she in the end she really cares for him so i think that like for like my book like the plot line moves really slowly and i kind of like that because of like there's build up and stuff and it just shows like one perspective is really like you with one perspective you can go into really deep you can go really deep with that like you can really understand what they're doing and what they're going through yeah yeah i agree with uh becca because uh even my book has only like one perspective with the main character that is Bernice. Um, she, uh, she, they do introduce more characters into the plot, but uh, uh, they are influential characters. They actually influence the main character on what they're doing. When, I mean, what she's doing. Um, her name is Aunt, Auntie Val, and uh, Bertie begins to draw from her dreams the lessons she was never fully taught in life. So basically, um, uh, she she never uh, actually she learned a lot of stuff from uh, Auntie Val and her uh, skinny uh, Freda, but uh, uh, yeah. So it's basically that I'm trying to say is one perspective can also be really deep because the buildup is really nice, and when uh, when the when it culminates in the uh, in the plot twist, yeah, I like it a lot. So I like this book. Yeah, that's in there, but like, I don't know. I feel like for my book, like I know a lot of your books focus on indigenous women, but my book entirely, like every single point of view is from an indigenous woman. And I think there's one point of view from a police officer who's also Métis. And you see a one sole like male perspective. But like for me also, like I'm a woman. So, you know, I kind of, I have that connection to what they feel in certain parts of the book and it kind of helped me understand indigenous people just from that perspective of it and like i talked about before you know how having like you know indigenous women are not really presented or like not really seen in literature a lot so i feel like having that perspective really you know helped me understand and i feel like if a, if anyone else were to read it like just even if you're a man or a woman like i feel like you would be able to have that connection and empathy to the characters and their lives and everything yeah, yeah, talking about perspective and all. I, I think actually this book, like what intrigued me about this book a lot is about like how, you know, like in society, we kind of just like, we kind of like, we kind of like live off a story or like something, somebody, like some, something somebody else said, right? And like this book, we can actually just see it from like their perspective, like an, an indigenous community's perspective. Like for example, at the beginning of the book, like when we're talking, 
Lillian was talking about how she like she she already knew John right the trickster so she loved magic and all um and like so at the end she goes uh, she's she tells Maggie that she wouldn't understand because she's not because it's an Anishinaabe thing and Maggie goes but I'm an Anishinaabe and Lillian goes no, no no child you're not Anishinaabe you're what they call these days the first nations and I was like is the fact that you know they put that out there the fact that they put the fact that um you know like how like how they perceive like stuff that society does and what people around them does i think that's really cool i think that for your guys's book from what i'm hearing there's like historical point of views as well but i feel like it's way more important to learn about the present because if you you can learn about history history is like a good thing to learn about but if you learn about like the present more, I feel like the present is more important to learn about. And it's uh, yeah, my book is kind of like a mix of both. Like we kind of see a, a perspective of a, you know, a woman who had died before, which kind of was like, um, I was kind of confused in the beginning. I was like, who is this like voice that's talking in some chapters? But it was really interesting to see because you, you know, the present is going on, but then you also see like how, you know, that woman's death had affected their family and everything too. Yeah, even my, my book has like uh, a dynamic nature in that kind, because uh, it does go to the history where she has a lot of stuff going on in her life. Uh, but it, it, in the present, she also tries to make it better. And then she gets influenced uh, by good, uh, good people that help her to live better life. And then she actually try, uh, does her best and uh, was resilient enough to secure her future later. Okay, I think that was some really good conversation. Let's ask the audience though, what do you guys think? What do, do you guys think this is a good book? Like who do you, whose book do you think is the best? Like, And which one? Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed learning about my book because I feel like it's the best. So if you want to read it, I would really recommend it. That's bias. I feel like you Bye should guys, thank you. Bye -bye. I feel like you should read all of our books. That's everybody everybody just hide their own book. Yeah, yeah. I have a solution. You should read every single one in the order of mine first and then everyone else is okay. after. Okay. <laughs> all right guys. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We'll thank see you guys you. next time. Goodbye.